Welcome to the Eternal Connection, a radio broadcast ministry of St. Mark Lutheran Church in Omaha, Nebraska. Whether it be through prescribed behaviors, rituals, or practices, every religion in the world teaches that if we desire to know God, it is our responsibility to find Him and know Him. Christianity, however, teaches something very different. Christianity teaches that God has come to us and has revealed His love for us by putting on flesh in Jesus Christ and by giving us His Word through which He continues to speak to us today. We're glad you've joined us as Pastor Jay continues leading us through the Bible right here, right now on The Eternal Connection. Christmas, everybody. Pastor Eric J. here from the Eternal Connection. And I got to say, this is just too good. So we're going to listen to the rest of this and enjoy it. And then we're going to kick off our program. Merry Christmas. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. gets better than that. You know, that's the way to start a morning, you know? We don't necessarily agree with the Mormons on a lot of things, uh, but they can sing. Welcome, everybody. Pastor Eric J. here from the Eternal Connection and St. Mark Lutheran Church uh, in Omaha, Nebraska, who sponsors this program. Joined this morning in studio by Chip Thompson. How are you, Chip? Great. Merry Christmas to everyone. Good. Jason Eisenman, our other friend, uh, is out doing Christmas stuff. He is. And uh, won't be joining us. But that's okay, because we're going to do a throwback. Mm-hmm. 
um, to uh, two years ago, actually, 2021, uh, when we did a, a two-part series uh, on Christmas, really focusing in on why God had to come like he did. I mean, when you think about God, he he can do what he wants, right? I mean, that's sure. I, I think we often forget that, especially in, in dialogue and even as Christians in our life, but God means God, right? And his will will be done. Why did he choose to come the way that he did? Because Lord knows if you and I were in charge of saving ourselves and saving the world, we, we, we wouldn't come vulnerable. We wouldn't come naked. We wouldn't come dependent on other people. We, we would come as God in our minds. Absolutely. Right? And, and there are probably a lot of trumpets, a lot, a lot of other things, <laughs> you know, yeah. hello, I'm here. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> um, but God demonstrates his power and weakness. That's what it shows in first Corinthians. And that's good news for us because that's all we are, right? We wouldn't, if God wasn't willing and able to come through weakness, he wouldn't be able and willing to come to us or work through us. And that is the true hope of the Christmas Christmas message is uh, God coming to us as one of us and for us. Um, not just to be born, not just to be a, a cute little kid in the manger uh, who did cry, by the way. Yes. <laughs> we, uh, away in a manger, good song. Love that. We were singing that at the school this past week, but, um, you know, the cattle are lowing, Jesus, no crying he makes. Eh, not so much. Um, you know, he, he was a baby. He was and, a baby. And I can speak from, from experience. Uh, <laughs> they cry. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but uh, he was perfect nonetheless through and through while yet being 100% human at the same time. Uh, again, not just to be born, but to grow up, uh, to live perfectly in our place, to, to live before God as we should have, and then die a death he didn't deserve to pay for our sins because that's the only sufficient sacrifice for imperfect humanity is a perfect human. And in a mystery, we will never be able to fully explain um, or fully understand this side of heaven. Um, that is what God did. He came here himself as man to redeem mankind. And that's what we're celebrating at St. Mark. We got a full orchestra coming to town here um, in, in our, in our sanctuary mm -hmm. tonight for our two services, four o'clock PM, six o'clock PM, two independent Christmas Eve services, same service. So, um, pick the service that's best for you. Uh, but at both services, we're going to have amazing music, amazing worship together, God willing, a, a halfway amazing sermon, and it's, it's going to be a great time praising the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus. Well, and if the listeners have never visited St. Mark, uh, I will tell you that uh, on this specific day, the four o'clock is a little bit crazier uh, little than, bit. than the six. Yeah. So uh, if you are uh, averse to sort of standing room only, uh, maybe try <laughs> the six o'clock because uh, the four o'clock does usually fill up pretty quick. Yeah. And, and I'm sure like most churches, it varies each year, but the four o'clock no doubt is always packed. And uh, so as six o'clock, but it's not necessarily standing room only. Absolutely. And, and pastor, you know, a lot of folks, uh, including myself have uh, mentioned how fast this last year has gone. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that this is already Christmas Eve is just insane. <laughs> uh, and that actually got me thinking about something else that uh, has come up really fast. And that's, uh, coming up on uh, January 28th. We're going to be celebrating our 200th year on our 200th year. <laughs> uh, that was a slip. We are eternally connected. Right. <laughs> right, right. 200th episode is what I meant to say. Uh, yeah. it, it, we're recording this early, folks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so our 200th episode of Eternal Connection Radio on will be on air uh, January 28th, and that's 
that yeah. was fast. Yeah, 200th episode, and we're going to celebrate, although we don't have all the details yet, we're going to celebrate like we did our 100th episode and bring in a live audience, answer questions live. It was fun. Um, and and uh, I'm thinking maybe this time we can have a meal and some fellowship together. I think that's um, great. And uh, get together on the 28th of January. If you're in the area or around the area and want to come by, we'll be inviting anybody and everybody to come to a live recording session uh, of the Eternal Connection at St. Mark's. So know that you're invited and keep listening for details. Before we uh, already start running out of time, we're just having too much fun here this morning, uh, talking about Jesus, our Lord, who has come and been born, Emmanuel, God with us. We're going to be looking at the Christmas story. Uh, We're going to be in Matthew's gospel, Luke's gospel, and again, we're going to be going back to a conversation we had in 2021 uh, with Jason, Chip, and I. But before that, Chip, pray for us. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for providing us the greatest gift of all. The gift of grace, of salvation, living forever in your kingdom because you sent your son, Jesus, whose birth we remember on this very day. Glory to you in the highest. Amen and amen. Amen. All right. So back to our conversation, Christmas, part one from 2021. Roll tape. Christmas is uh, an important time of year, and so this week and next week, we're going to be looking at the Christmas accounts, uh, the nativity accounts in Scripture, and we're going to start with Matthew's account in Matthew chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles handy, you can turn there. And although we're not going to read uh, all of chapter 1, especially the first 17 verses, we will talk about them. If you're looking at Matthew chapter 1 in your Bible, you'll notice that it starts with Matthew giving a genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Now, if you read through this, there's a ton of names that you're not going to recognize, and it goes on and on and on, the son of, the son of, the son of. And more importantly than necessarily the details, which some of them are important, why do you think that Matthew might be beginning his story about Jesus by giving his ancestry, by giving a genealogy? Of Jesus. Well, you know, I think one of the one of the good reasons, I guess, that I can think of is that it it illustrates that this actually is history. It's, right. it's real. It, yep. It's you know, it's not a fairy tale. It's not just some people making something up. This ties it to verifiable people in history that can be looked up. Yeah, yeah, and they exist. Yeah, it's an invitation for the people of the day that he's writing to, uh, to verify it, mm-hmm. to, to know that um, this Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, actually was born a man, and we can verify that not only just through the fact that he's here, but his ancestry tracing back. And I think it's also important because of who is involved in the ancestry. You know, you read through this list, and of course— all humans are born in sin, right? That's a condition. It's it's not just the bad things we do and the good things that we don't do. Um, we are sinful in our nature, as we say regularly in our own confession at St. Mark. But when you do go back and study some of these names, you're going to find prostitutes, adulterers, murderers, bad people. And I think it's significant that Matthew's going out of his way to 
to point them out because he doesn't include a comprehensive geology here or a, a genealogy here. Um, he's certainly making a summary statement. And so he's choosing particular people to point out and those familiar with the story of Abraham and his descendants are going to notice right away that, wow, this, this Jesus was really born of us. Right. And, and the savior didn't just kind of plop out of heaven. Right. Uh, he came into our sin. He literally took it on. Now, of course, scripture would say that he was sinless and he was, um, but this is what Jesus was born into, uh, just like we are. And he couldn't be our sacrifice. He couldn't be our substitute if he wasn't. And that's the real takeaway point is that Jesus came as a man in order to save man, to be the substitute for humanity. Do you think that some some of the point might also be, you know, by mentioning the people in his genealogy like David and all the way back to Abraham, Jesse, Solomon, some of these folks that uh, – these the, the people that were during the time of Matthew writing this, uh, that, you know, um, it kind of points to – all of the prophecies that pointed ahead sure. way back from the promise that God first gave to Abraham. Yep. Um, that uh, again, it's, it's helping people understand and prepare for who this is. Yeah. Yeah. That he is the promised seed. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's a reason why he introduces Jesus as uh, the son of David, the son of Abraham, because clearly over and over and over and over and over again, it was prophesied that the Messiah would be born of the line of David. Right. And David was a son of Abraham, which is important because Abraham is the father of the nation of Israel, right? Through whom the Messiah would come. Now, obviously Abraham and David weren't the first people on earth. I mean, who's he leaving out in a comprehensive genealogy here? Adam. Yeah. Adam, Noah, Mm -hmm. right? All the people beforehand. Uh, why do you think he might start with Abraham? That's a great question. I don't know. Well, Matthew, just like all the authors of Scripture, are writing in a certain place in a certain time. The words they're writing are from God, but they're also writing within their context, within their culture, right? Jesus was born into a certain place and time. Mm-hmm. Um, Matthew is writing to a primarily Jewish audience. Right. And the Jews, as we've read about in the Gospel of John, who do they keep claiming as their father? Right. The offspring of Abraham. The offspring of Abraham. And you'll remember in John that Jesus said, I tell you before Abraham was, I am. Yeah, that's where we left off. Yeah. So it's it's important for two reasons. It's important to show that number one, the Messiah is of the proper lineage to fulfill the, the prophecies. That's, that's the first and primary point of this genealogy. He meets the criteria set forth by the prophets. Secondly, that this Jesus, even though he's born of man of the proper line, is the son of God, ultimately. And just as Jesus said, even though he was born of man, he existed before he was born as man. And that's what John talked about in the beginning of his gospel, right? In the beginning was the word, and the word put on flesh. 
So those are the important two points okay. to the genealogy. And I, if, I have one yeah, additional question that's unrelated, but related in my mind. You mentioned Jesus was born at a certain point in time. Uh-huh. And I find that super interesting. Um, and he was born of the Virgin Mary. Yep. What, what uh, age did the uh, you know crucifixion and resurrection happen? So Jesus was, we can pretty confidently say that he was 33 years old when he was killed. Is there any part in the Bible where that amount of time on earth or his age like has a uh, inherent reason? Why did God send him and then it took that long to accomplish something or? Uh, yeah, we, we know it was intentional. I mean, Romans 5 says that at the right time, Jesus died for the ungodly. Um, it says elsewhere in scripture that in the fullness of time, Jesus was born of men. So although we, you could, you could say a lot of things as to why it might have been the right time, you know, politically, uh, religiously where, where things were, um, whenever Jesus would have been born, it would have been the right time because that's God's time. Right. I didn't know if there was a spot in the Bible where maybe that was talked about or there's more knowledge that I don't know of yet. Yeah, it, it's it's at the right time. That's Those are the passages. It's, it's this in Colossians that say, in the fullness of time he was born of men, and then Romans says that at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. And we know it was the right time because God says so, because that's what he did, right? Um, there, there are, like I said, a number of reasons you could speculate, but ultimately uh, God's timing is perfect, period. Completely understand. So, after the genealogy then, he gives us that summary. He says in verse 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph before they came together, meaning before they were married, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, what does that mean that he was unwilling to put her to shame? What does that mean? What would be her shame, given what we just read? Being with child before she was married. Yeah, right? Um getting knocked up, as we would say, uh, in contemporary language. They were engaged, they weren't married yet, and during that period of engagement, she's pregnant. Well, what was the punishment for that, according to God, in the law of Moses? Death. Death. Yeah, being stoned to death. And it's interesting that it says that Joseph was a just man. And yet, what does the law of God require? That she stone. And yet Jesus, or, or Joseph, is called just because he's unwilling to put her to shame. So the part that I'm pretty unclear about is who 
is it is God want the uh, female or male to be stoned, and would that would that happen before the baby's born or after the baby's born? I'm really struggling with why. If you have a child out of wedlock or just get pregnant out of wedlock, the law would be that one or both is stoned. And does the Bible talk about, you know, how that happens more clear? Uh, yeah. Um, it's in the book of Deuteronomy where God lays down the law that if, if you're caught in adultery, um, whether you're the man or the woman, uh, whether one's married or both are married, both participants in adultery uh, are supposed to be stoned to death. And God says why in that passage. He says to purge the evil from among you. Now, I'm going to say this and ask you to take it with a grain of salt because we just don't have time to get, to get into all this, but God is, has always made quote-unquote exceptions. God has always worked within a sinful world in order to bring about a Savior to save it. If he did not work with sinful people, there would be no people to save. So his justice endured these situations, and there were exceptions made, and there were things that were not tolerated at all. This one in particular, it's because it's God's institution of marriage, the basis for all of society, and as soon as you start messing with marriage, you're starting to mess with the nation of Israel and compromising its ability to be a nation, and you see this throughout history. As soon as you start tinkering with marriage and sexuality, things fall apart. Hey, guess what's happening now, right? Um, so no, God does not specify what happens with the child uh, either, Jason, going back to your question. And yeah, that's going to rub us the wrong way a little bit. Um, but the short answer to that is he's the author of life. He's the just judge. Um, every decision that he makes to live or to die is perfect and correct. And we trust that. And if we do trust that, then we'll trust him when he says, don't do this. <laughs> this is how I feel about it. And we won't. Now, that being said, going back to Joseph, it says he was a just man. And that means righteous, right? And we know from Abraham, who Matthew has already pointed out is Joseph's father, that Abraham wasn't perfect either, was he? No, for sure. No, but he was righteous because he believed God's word. You'll actually see this from Jesus himself later on, back in the Gospel of John, that he stops a woman caught in adultery from being stoned, right? Um, I think what you see here with Joseph is exactly in a microcosm what's happening in this greater story. God is breaking into time. He's working in people's hearts to have them believe things that are on its surface outlandish. She's clearly pregnant. She's clearly been sexually active with somebody. And yet through that faith in God, God works in Joseph's heart to be merciful for the sake of preserving the Savior because there was every reason, according to God's law, to stone Mary. Right. Um, and again, you see it in his genealogy and you see it here. God working in and amongst sin. And that's going to be two ways. Grace and mercy, wrath and judgment. He calls us to have faith in him, to, to listen to his word and obey um, because we love him and because he loves us and cares for us. And he proves that by coming here for us. 
And so even in the midst of all this, I think the important takeaway point is not only did Jesus come born into sin, but God works that salvation in the midst of it, which should give us hope in the midst of the own the messes we create, in the messes that humanity creates, in the suffering that comes because of sin, that God is, as Peter would say, long-suffering and patient with you, desiring all people to be saved. And, and you see that starkly from the very beginning of the nativity story, that God came born into a mess, right? Um, and yet here he is working his love and grace anyway. So it says in verse 20 that he considered these things as he considered these things. So Joseph is stewing about this, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's not like sold out one way or another. He's like, oh, I, this doesn't seem right, but it's what God says. And so he's conflicted. An angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, the son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife because what she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. And so you hear you have this righteous man of faith, not righteous in behavior, seeking and struggling to do the right thing before God, and God is faithful to answer. It says, she will bear you a son. You shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And oh boy, does that mean so much now when you fully understand what Matthew's been leading up to from this point, right? He's going to save us from those sins, which means he has to get into it himself. Um, And not only does he get into it, but um, he suffers himself at the hands of sinful men in order to save sinful men. Um, and then Matthew concludes in verse 22, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoke by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Again, God working in our world, bearing with us for the sake of fulfilling his promise to bringing forth his promised Savior, despite the fact that we would have ended it a long time ago, even in our own sinfulness. And that's the beauty of the nativity story, um, is, is, is in many magnified ways we see in a very focused point what God's been doing throughout all history and what he continues to do today, to lovingly, mercifully work in and through a sinful humanity in order to save it. Well, and the, I'm just thinking about the consistency. You know, yeah. Scripture says God never changes, and, <sighs> and this is a, a great example. It, it's illustrated of, of, you know, how he's always worked. Yeah, and like we talked about in our sermon this past Wednesday, uh, our last midweek Advent, you know, that, that age-old question, uh, why do good things happen to bad thing, people and right. uh, bad things happen to good people? Well, as Jesus says, it rains on the righteous and the wicked. Uh, We're never going to understand God's ways fully. He doesn't ask us to understand it. And the truth is, if we're honest, if there is a God, which there is, we can't understand. We trust. We have faith. That's what makes us justified. That's what God works through, even in death. I mean, that's the message of the gospel. Jesus says, if you live and believe in me, you'll never die. And if you die and believe in me, you live. It's trust that, that God is going to work out the right thing, despite what we may see, despite what we may understand. Uh, Because I'll tell you this much, no one thought God would come as a baby. Right. No one. No one. But yet, through everything they didn't expect, 
they received everything they needed and wanted. Amazing. We pray our time together in God's Word has been a blessing to you and to your faith in Jesus Christ, who is our Lord and Savior of the world. If you enjoy listening to our program, we would love to hear from you. Go to eternalconnectionradio.com to find our full episode archive, contact us, let us know you enjoy the show, or ask a question that Pastor Jay will answer on the air. God bless all of you. We look forward to connecting with you again next Sunday on The Eternal Connection.